In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May God, who has begun this great work in you, bring it to completion. These words of St. Paul to the Philippians, which we read in the Duarim's translation, we are confident in the Lord Jesus that he who hath begun a good work in you will perfect it unto the day of Christ Jesus. These are words that we hear at ordination ceremonies. The young, a young soul in front of the bishop seated in the fall stool who acknowledges that this is something that God has begun. This is something that God will bring to completion. It is something that the devil will try to ruin either by fear, by confusion, cowardice, or the more interesting sins. Our Lord is approached by those who intend um, no information to be exchanged, who pose a question to which they um, have little interest in the answer, except that they want him to answer. Pharisees and Herodians who despised each other. Herodians was even a derogatory name given them by Pharisees. These were soldiers of Herod. Herod permitted himself to be considered a kind of governor, but really was a puppet of the Roman Empire. The Pharisees rejected this authority, rejected the idea that the Romans could tax the people, insisting that the people of God were those who tithed. They were already, they had already given of their wealth. They were to be taxed no more. They certainly were not to be taxed by an occupying enemy. As much as the Pharisees and the Herodians hated each other, they conspired to approach our Lord together to pose him this question. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? It's interesting because the question itself is very straightforward. The answer is obviously yes. St. Paul will encourage us to obey, which means not only pray, pay your taxes, Obey the law as far as your conscience permits. If the answer to this question would be very easy, a truthful answer, a straightforward answer would be no trouble at all. But our Lord knows that these people intend him harm. Eventually, when his work is ready to come to completion, he won't avoid those who intend to do him harm. But it's not that time yet. It's like when those from his hometown of Nazareth want to cast him down the hill to his death. He escapes from them. The Pharisees and the Herodians approach him together because they want to trap him, either to give an answer that the Pharisees would consider blasphemous or that the Herodians would consider treasonous and so that they may arrest him and take him away. He will have none of it. And so it's not the question that's hard. 
It's what's in the mind of the questioner. And so our Lord replies with not a complete non-answer, something that's still beautiful for us to consider as he foils their plan to do him harm at that moment. The things that are Caesar's give to Caesar. The things that are God's give to God. In and of itself, it's something of a conundrum. What actually really does belong to Caesar? Well, there are things that are properly under, under, his, under his care, under his stewardship, things that he properly governs. But ultimately, they are actually God's property. Everything belongs to God. What is anybody's? There are times when people intend us harm. They intend not to um, help us in any way. They ask a question that they have no business asking. They want to know things about us that they have no prerogative about which to inquire. And we can simply send them on their way. We, We owe them no straightforward answer. It's undignified to speak that which is not true. So we're prepared to send them packing, whether it be by saying, hey, look, I found $10 on the ground, or by saying, bless your heart, or by asking them, "Um, have you stopped beating your wife? You know, questions that they can't answer, things that will just simply confound them and send them away. We need to be wise because people intend to do us harm, not just angels, but men. But at the same time, we need to be prepared to manifest the wisdom of God. Whether it be exposing evil, whether it be in Revealing the beauty and the mercy of the Lord. God has begun a great work in us. We should not let others, be they men or angels, bring it to ruin because God intends to bring it to completion. This past Friday, the bishop hosted an event, a regional event, for priests and, and young men whom they have identified as um, having potential for perhaps becoming good priests one day, or men who have indicated that they have an openness to the priestly vocation. Last year, we hosted the first of these dinners, and over 100 priests and young men were in attendance, and that was just one of four events throughout the diocese. This year, without the the burden of hosting, I was able to spend a little more time considering invitations. And I could have even sent out a few more, but of the 30-plus invitations that were sent out, 13 young men from the parish replied favorably that they would attend. And an equal number wanted to attend but weren't able to do so. We were by far the largest contingent at the cathedral two days ago. The evening began with questions. 
many questions that were straightforward and just simply asking for, for information and advice and encouragement. But some questions touched on the kind of question that the devil throws into a young soul to try to ruin what God has begun and is trying to bring to completion. What kind of, what kind of impediment obstructs the, the good of a soul that's contemplating a vocation? And one thing that became a, a focus of some good conversation was one's awareness of, of sinfulness. And the question that faces the young soul that comes from the devil or comes from a human being is, but aren't you a sinner? Or who do you think you are? Or by what stretch of the imagination do you think you can do that? Questions along that line. And at one of the same time, the soul in discernment is aware of the fact that he's a wretched sinner. He has, he, 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 by all rights, he has no business thinking about doing this. But before realizing that we are wretched sinners, that the only thing we can really say we deserve is punishment, because the only thing for which we can really take credit or responsibility are sins, Long before that is true of any of us, it's also true that God already decided to create us out of nothing. God already loves us. Christ has already died for us. And so that young soul needs to have an awareness of sinfulness so that we are always humble, always grateful, always aware that we completely depend on God's grace, but not to such an exaggerated degree or not to the exclusion of also always remembering God's wisdom in creating that soul and God's wisdom in creating that soul for a purpose. purpose and a dignity that we do not have the authority to deny or to throw away. And so, how how does a soul grapple, a young soul especially, grapple with that question? But who who do you think you are? But what do you think, what, what are you even thinking considering something like this? We're just simply children of God. Not especially good children, but we know that we're children of God. And we're, we're giving to God what belongs to God, and we're trying to remove from the equation anything that doesn't belong to God. We're asking God to, to rid it from our heart, to take it out of our life so that all that we're offering up, or as much as possible of what we are offering up, is good and pleasing to God. But it's not as though we wait until it's absolutely perfect, and then we offer up a sacrifice. 
If that were the case, Mass would never begin. Because we're lifting up all of our sacrifices and all of our prayers to God, even though we're still sinners. Even if we were all in the state of grace, our participation would be, would be imperfect and incomplete. But only the devil would want us to refrain from offering up our prayers and offering up our sacrifices and from joining in the praises of the angels in heaven who do worship God perfectly. God has begun this. God will bring it to completion. Don't let anyone confound you in the meantime. It is imperfect. It is incomplete. Tell those who wish you harm to go to go away, whether it be in firm terms or in polite terms. And listen not to their lies or their traps. And truth be told, whatever is true in this regard of the priestly vocation is true of any religious vocation and is true of any marriage. No one begins it thinking that I'm, I am, I'm worthless, I have nothing to offer. The married vocation has the benefit of someone falling in love with you, which helps you recognize that, yes, you are beautiful and desired and, and, and lovely and worthwhile. The celibate vocation doesn't have that direct benefit. And so the, the soul has to recognize through, through friendships and good relationships, but also through a prayer life, that, that their life is precious to God. Yes, we're wretched sinners, but God, God has died for each and every one of us. Christ would not die for someone who's worthless. That's an insult to Jesus. So we ask the Lord to give us wisdom, not worldly wisdom, but the wisdom of heaven. To recognize the, the good intent or the ill will of those who question us. And for us to recognize both sides of the truth, especially the truth that we are sinners. We were made to be saints. And that what God has begun will bring it to completion. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.